customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hello, and welcome to the very first edition of Football and Grits of 2022. Uh, it's January 3rd. I am your host, David Ubbin, here with my co-host, as always, Andy Staples. Uh, for those of you listening and those of you not watching, Andy, do I look a little haggard at the moment? You, you look like you've had an adventure. <laughs> and I, I saw on Twitter that there was a little bit of an adventure traveling back So from, was it the Sugar Bowl? The I was at the Sugar Bowl, and uh, so I initially had scheduled my flight for like 6 p.m. because... Some teams have the little day after powwow. Some of it's off. Some of it's non or off the record. They have those little those little sort of morning after sit downs where you might have a couple national guys, some of the local media, those sort of things. So I was like, if Ole Miss is going to do that, then I'd like to be there for it. But once everything went virtual, I moved my flight to seven a.m. Plus, we were having uh, Christmas with my in laws back here. Uh, so there's a problem with that, Andy, which I don't think I realized until about two days before, which is that I left the Superdome press box around two fifteen, I think, something like that. Well, that's a no sleep night. That's a that's a you know where this is going. Room, yes, and of course turn they on have a movie. <laughs> yeah. So I, you, it's not worth that hour of sleep because no. you might oversleep yes. and miss your plane. So, so yeah, I got you just back. stay awake there's and. Like the, uh, uh, yeah. Pass out in the airport. There's like the post game, you know, like every sort of big bowl does, like the post game media hotel, like buffet, which was actually very strong. Some shrimp and grits, fittingly, of course. Some prime rib, uh, a carving station. It was solid. Wait, uh, shrimps and prime rib? Yeah, at like three in the morning in New Orleans. It was. So you was don't you strong. don't have you, you you don't have kids yet, so it's <laughs> it, you, the, the the Teen Titans Go reference is lost on you. Yes, it is. But eventually, uh, I, I'm going to have to – I've been told I need to ha- draw a hard line on Kalu. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners – Wouldn't know what that is. My kids are too old. That, that, <laughs> that didn't exist when they were babies, so I don't have to worry That's about that. That's lucky. Uh, oh, Caillou. Oh, Caillou? Yeah, okay. He, the, 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 the bald loser pronounces his name Caillou. He's the worst. <laughs> he All sounds he does terrible. Is Do not expose him to your children. Yes. Uh, or expose your children to him. Yes. So anyway – uh, 
so I'm resigned to no sleep. Leave a little bit early for the airport because I still got to get gas, do all that stuff. Go there. Fortunately, the uh, the airport Cafe Du Monde location opened up a little early. So I'm thinking, what great fortune. What a great Strong. way to start this day. A couple beignets. We're good. My flight leaves at 7 a.m. Well, we load on the plane. Andy, as you might have guessed earlier in this story, I have not slept. I'm a very good plane sleeper, so I'm out. Mm. All of a sudden, everyone is getting off the plane. I check my phone. What What happened? Yeah, I I check my phone. It's about (laughs) 8.15, somewhere along there. I am very oh, confused. I have, I have had that happen before where you fall asleep <laughs> and you wake up and you are still on the runway at the original airport. And you're like, what is going on yeah. here? I was very confused. Anyway, I'm not really asking questions because, you know, right now there's tons of cancellations. I haven't really looked into exactly why so many flights are getting canceled, but I kind of assumed that was the deal. I thought maybe a pilot tested positive or something. I didn't really know. Uh, so the flight gets canceled. So I'm like, well... Fortunately, it's not 7 p.m., it's 7 a.m., or I guess at this point it's like 8.30. So uh, our wonderful travel company, Trip Actions, that works with The Athletic, hooks me up. I get rebooked on an 11 a.m. flight. And so that's not too bad. I'm still going to get back at like 4 o'clock. But, but, Andy, I end up sitting next to someone who is on the earlier flight. And I, curiosity got the best of me, Andy. It's the journalist in me. And I asked him, hey... What happened to the earlier flight? Did they ever say I was asleep? And my seatmate says, yeah, they rammed the plane with the sky bridge and they broke the seal on the door. It like shook the plane and then they tried to fix it for 45 minutes and they realized they couldn't. So they kicked everyone off the plane. And Andy, I sense a lot of grumbling, but I thought it was just, you know, maybe perhaps an entitled grumbling. No, this was a a justified dream you were having. Like you. Because I'm sure that when that happened, you were not so deep in your sleep that you weren't somewhat, at least unconsciously aware of what was going on around you. Man, I think I so was I out wonder now. how that was incorporated. <laughs> I, I'm imagining this was incorporated into, into whatever dream you were having at some point. Perhaps. Though. Like, were you in a cave? Were you in a dark cave and you heard a... <laughs> like, are we under attack? Perhaps. What's going on? But my back was already hurting at this point because I had gotten about an hour and a half nap on the floor of the New Orleans airport. Uh, oh, that's a good sleep in airport. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had some, some I did briefly consider purchasing a pass to the lounge, but I figured if I'm stuck here for eight hours, I would do it. But four hours, I don't think I'm going to do it. So anyway, get to Charlotte. Uh Somehow our plane, I rush because I have like a 30-minute layover because this is, you know, an emergency booking. Rush there. The plane is not there, so I get delayed 45 more minutes. Not too bad. But Andy, uh, I was a zombie during our family Christmas, and then I went to bed at about 8 o'clock last night, and then I woke up this morning about 9 a.m. Uh, I was quite asleep. <laughs> so that here is. I am. I don't and, feel and recovered. I feel but you're still not still... quite recovered because you're old now. Yeah, and I just don't feel right. I don't do well when my sleep schedule gets off. It's really, I struggle. Uh, and so, all that to say, dear listener, you have, bear you with have us. You have to know yourself when booking flights. Yeah, that's that. That's one of those things. Because in my younger days, I was a I was always a first flight out person. Mm-hmm. Because the first flight out usually, well, the plane is always there. Yes, like because a lot of times if you have a later flight, the plane gets hung up at some other airport and doesn't get there. 
So the first flight out, the plane's always there. So that's why I would always book that. But there's also less prob- possibility of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Now, you could ram this, the plane with the sky bridge. <laughs> that doesn't really matter what time it is. <laughs> Nothing you can do about that. But I knew back then that I could recover. Like, I, staying up all night didn't bother me. I'd get some sleep on the plane. I'd be good to go. And fresh as a daisy when I got home. Now... That would mess me up for three days. Yeah, so I would purposely take the later flight out and sleep somewhat normally, and and try to try to salvage the next few days because the the all nighter games, and and that's this time of year, you you get those all nighter type games where Mm -hmm. the game ends at midnight, twelve thirty. You got to interview people, and you got to write your story. You may not be in bed till three thirty, four o'clock, and I. 25-year-old Annie, no problem. Uh, let's, we're, we're finishing the story. We're getting something to eat. We're going to the airport. We're good to go. Now, 43-year-old Annie, nope. Nope, yeah. nope, nope, nope. I'll take that 6 p.m. flight the next day. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, so, anyway, I'm sorry for the show, everyone. It's going to be rough. <laughs> but anyway, Andy, uh, do we need to... Do we need to to touch on the Matt Corral take quake of of Saturday night? I I have no takes on Matt Corral. I, th- like, I think I, just I'm, people. I think if he wanted to play, a, then he, he yeah. played, and I'm glad he. Played. I think there's like, like a str- there's like a straw man argument that the media, myself included, who does not like the opt out shaming, wants more people to opt out. I don't. I'm fine with whatever people, whatever decision people make. I was I enjoyed watching a quarter of Matt Corral felt extremely bad that he got injured. I was glad that it wasn't serious. Um, but the thing that I do not want, and our, our colleague Ari Wasserman wrote this very well, is the shaming of the guys who do opt out. They don't owe anyone anything. And there is a lot of money at stake, and it's a life-changing amount of money, and we've seen a lot of examples of guys that are risking it. Football's a violent game. And then sort of the, the, the counter to that is, well, where's the line? And I'm like, I don't know. It's up to them. That's well, fine. The, the line seems to be the regular season because everybody's like, well, why don't – the next thing is people are going to be opting out of the regular season. And I, I actually got this question in my mailbag for this week, so it, it's interesting that it comes up now. But And I hadn't even thought of this. Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase didn't play yeah, college football Yeah, the two football best rookies year, in the entire college the respective rookies of But I think they both would have played had it been a normal season. Yeah, probably. And I don't think Almost there would have been a question about it. Now, no. Would they have opted out of the bowl games if their teams weren't in the playoff? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's but the thing. I, 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 I And I, I said this on, on the show with, with Max the other day. Like, I actually think it's a bad economic decision unless you are sure you're going to get drafted in the round you think you're going to be drafted in. Mm-hmm. If you think there's any – or you're a definite first rounder. If you think there's any chance you might move up, you, you're probably better off playing. That's probably true. Like, if we're weighing risk-reward – you ball out in a game that everybody's watching. Yeah. And I know you're going to say, well, the scouting staff sees every game. The scouting staff doesn't make the decisions. And the in GMs the aren't grinding tape most of the time. The GM exactly. might fall in love with you. So if some dude gets a wild hair about you because you, you played really well in the Outback Bowl or in the, the Tax Slayer Bowl, then you, you made a good financial decision to play. Yeah. Also, the, the other thing, again, there are more coaches who moved before the bowl games than players who opted out of bowl games. 
as soon as the second number is bigger than the first, then I'll I'll maybe worry about it. <laughs> yes. But until until these mercenaries that are always whining about players' commitment stop doing it and bailing on their teams, I don't really care. Yeah. And I like again, I think it's it's I don't like the lionizing the guys who play because it only leads to shaming the guys who, oh, he's cut different. This is a different kind of guy. Listen, it's awesome that Matt Corral wanted to play, but going to a Sugar Bowl is a huge deal for Ole Miss. Going to a Cotton Bowl for Florida is not that big of a deal. Going to the Rose Bowl for Ohio State is not that big a deal. Like, it's just different. Every situation well, is that, different. That's, Let that's guys the make part, their decisions. That's the part that a 40-something-year-old or a 50-something-year-old can't understand mm-hmm. because they grew up in an era where going – to the Rose Bowl for an Ohio State player was the biggest deal because yeah. it was the best thing you could possibly do. Not anymore. But it's not anymore. Yeah. You go to Ohio State expecting to play for the national championship, and if you don't make the playoff, your season's a failure. That's the that's the way it works now. Yeah. I'm sorry that it works differently than when you were a kid, but the world moves on. And Andy, I want to take a page. Just do what these players asked you to do the very first time that you probably heard of them in their recruiting notes app. Respect my decision, Andy. That's all they're asking. Well, That's no, all they're I, asking. I, here's here's what I want. Offer them some money. Yes. If the and Bulls, then if they turn the money down, I will then shame them <laughs> for if turning the, Bulls, the money down. If the and Bulls making, want to dish making out. Making yet another 50, bad economic decision. Yeah, if the Bulls want to dish out fifty, a 100000 just straight cash to play in the game, which seems, again, to me, like a, a smart economic decision on the part of the Bulls, is just what's stopping Allstate from saying, well, hey – you know, we'd love for you to come uh, advert do a commercial think for about, the bowl they, game, they, David. Think about how much money Allstate spent on that awful commercial where the <laughs> crowd carjacks a guy, yeah. and this dope is just smiling about being carjacked. He's being carjacked and kidnapped, by the way. <laughs> like they are taking him somewhere he doesn't know where they're going, and he's like, "Oh boy, this is great! They're picked up my car for like it's the stupidest commercial ever. It is ruined. Here comes the hot stepper for me." And you could have spent all that money on players to play in the Sugar Bowl yeah. if you needed to. Like, you yeah. should have given that to Matt Corral for yeah. his time and effort. Yes. Uh, so, again, just let guys do what they want to do. If you don't, like, again, the, the risk-reward is just totally skewed. There is no reward. You might have some, like, crusty columnist who doesn't understand the entire picture of college sports somehow talking about how you're amazing and you're what's right with college football. Andy, that's like almost literally the only reward for a guy trying to suit up. <laughs> that ain't the reward I want. Yeah. I want the money. And please. the risk is meanwhile, <laughs> Give me you some might money. blow out a knee. You might do all kinds of stuff. We, we talked to Jake, Butt, uh, the athletic Austin, me kind of fantastic interview talking about his experience. Um, we've seen it. Obviously Jalen Smith, his career did not go the way that he had hoped. Uh, we, we've seen these things. The risk is there. Football's a violent game. And the upside is occasional. If you're a second or third round guy and you feel like you got a good matchup, you might show out, then maybe you do that. But if you're a top 10 guy, a first round guy even, and you want to sit out. Oh, there's no question. There's if just, you're not in the playoff, don't play. If you're, yeah. If you're, a, yeah. If you're Kayvon Thibodeau, you're crazy if you play in the Alamo Bowl. Just yes. crazy. And so if you, uh, if guys opt out of the playoffs – at some point, which it might happen, I wouldn't rule that out. That's probably another conversation about 
what is college football? And again, is this entire enterprise still sort of broken? And how do you fix it? That's another conversation. Not broken. <laughs> Ratings are great. Yes. Ratings for the bowl games were fantastic. Clearly not broken. Maybe people just want to have something to talk about. Perhaps. Because it's not broken. Well, I'm saying if somebody opts out of a playoff game, then you might have a conversation well, about if the greatest goal in the sport is not enough of an incentive, you might want to fix some things. Then give them some money. Yes. The solution to everything is is money. (laughs) Andy, I love this show. I love doing this show. If I wasn't being paid, I don't know that I'd be on this show, I must tell you. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Exactly. I'm doing this for my health. Yeah. So anyway, uh, stop shaming uh, 20-year-olds, guys. That's my point. Uh, let them do what they want to do. They're going to be fine. The Unless NFL they turn care. down money, too. Then shame away if they're not a surefire first <laughs> The NFL round. doesn't care. Then they're, making, then they're making two bad economic decisions. That was, see, that was like an interesting question in the McCaffrey and Fournette days. Is What does the NFL think about this decision? Because they talk about how much they love football. And we have enough data now to the know. The NFL does they not, do care. not care. <laughs> they do not care. Uh, and the ones that do care, congratulations, because you're not going to be picked by that organization, and they're going to be a terrible organization. Uh, welcome to the Jaguars. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who are actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. And it's time you join that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash CFB23. That's linkedin.com slash CFB and the number's 2-3 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Andy, uh, the national championship, uh, I appreciate them for curating the field just for this show. Um, Alabama and Georgia will be suiting up. Uh, the ratings criticisms, we'll see. I don't know that I care that much. It is a money-making operation. But, Andy, I've heard from multiple casual fans, friends of mine mm-hmm. who like college football, but they're not watching it every Saturday, have said they are not going to watch. And I can't necessarily blame them. But, Andy, as somebody who loves college football, does want to watch it, I'm fascinated by this game. I love this game. I'm glad we're getting it, it again. We yeah. earned it again. Uh, and I want to see these adjustments. I, I want to see... What these guys are doing, I, I can't blame the folks that are sort of tuned out, but they're going to miss, I think, a really, really, really interesting chess match. And I think most college football fans that are 
hardcore college football fans, I think we'll get a treat because this game, these are the two best teams. It's, 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 mm-hmm. you know, an unimpeachable. And I, I want to see what's done differently. Yes. This time around, because I, I've been digging into Georgia's defense versus Alabama's offense from the first meeting, because that was what mystified me mm-hmm. is, is this is an Alabama offense that had not been unstoppable all season. In fact, Quite the opposite. They, they, they were coming <laughs> off a game. Yeah. They were coming off a game where they had zero points going into the fourth quarter yeah. at Auburn. And, so I, I, I'm, I'm still working on this thing, and, and the story's coming out, I believe, Wednesday. But I, I rewatched all the snaps of the, the SEC championship game and went back to Alabama-Texas A&M and Alabama-LSU and Alabama-Auburn just to see what, what's different. And, and then I've been going back through old Georgia games to see how they handled it. And it, it seems to me like Georgia, and I don't blame them for this decision because they were so dominant defensively. Georgia basically said, we're going to be who we are, mm-hmm. and we're going to roll with that. And what Georgia is, is they don't like to blitz a ton. When they do, you kind of know they're coming. They like to get pressure by doing uh, running games up front, twists, stunts, that sort of thing. And so the, the four guys they usually have up front are probably not coming in the same spot that they start out in at the snap. But the thing is, Alabama was really great, their offensive line, at passing off those games. And, you know, when you play offensive line, you practice that every day. Uh, and, and especially against a team that does it a lot, you're going you're gonna to emphasize it in, in the group portion of practice where you're going to work either, either with the person next to you or with a full line passing off games. And when it's just four guys, there's only so many things you can do with those twists and, and stunts and over, you know, this guy under this guy over. And I thought Alabama did a really good job with it. What they, and what they did is they basically said, Evan Neal, you are the best player here. Mm-hmm. You take whoever's there and you take him one-on-one. And then the other four guys get the, the, get the other three guys. And they did a really good job of that. And the thing is when Georgia blitzed, they they made it, they telegraphed it like if the linebacker is going to blitz he's starting to come down right before the ball is snapped and then he comes mm-hmm. i went back and looked at the games where alabama struggled to get the ball off or bryce young got pressured and if you watch a&m lsu and auburn all did this there'd be six guys on the line of scrimmage yeah they're not all coming a&m was In the fact, first time we really saw four. that mm-hmm. yeah and that and people say, okay, well, what's the difference if you're just rushing four? The difference for the offensive lineman is now I don't know which of these people is coming. Mm-hmm. And so if I lunge out at somebody and he's fading back, I'm done. Yeah, I'm useless. Mike Elko, and, MVP of that A&M upset. They were, they were guessing yes. all game. They were, they've had so many free rushers in that game. And that's, that's scheme. Yep. That's and, not beating Alabama. And L- LSU did it too. Mm-hmm. Auburn did it too. What's interesting – Almost all of it comes off the edges. Mm-hmm. It gets freed up off the edges. Alabama's interior offensive line, they pick up at, what they and what they don't pick up. Brian Robinson picks up. Yeah. So, I mean, it you you've got and, and it's interesting because Georgia's not great on the edge mm-hmm. since Adam Anderson got got arrested and he's out. They've not had that guy now. Imagine if Jermaine Johnson were still there. Jermaine Johnson transferred to Florida State, was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year because he wanted to be an every-down guy and he would have been a role player at Georgia. Mm -hmm. 
Jermaine Johnson would have been the antidote to Alabama if he were still on Georgia's team. Yeah. But they don't have I'm, I'm with you on this, Andy. The, the week after the game, I was talking to a couple SEC coaches, and I kind of asked them something like that. I said, you know, for 12 games, Georgia basically said, we can just come at you, and we're going to beat you, and they could. Yeah. And I think they thought they could do that to Alabama, and they couldn't. And my question was, I, we didn't see a lot of them changing that in the second in the second half. They weren't getting any pressure on Bryce Young. He was carving them up. Now, granted, you're in a bad situation at that point, but they didn't adjust. They're also they didn't do tired. They, yeah. Their first-line players were not used to running that many plays. Yeah. And Alabama only ran 70 plays. That was not – that was not a – in terms of number of plays faced, was not the number one yeah. number of plays faced for Georgia. In fact, mm-hmm. I think it was the middle of the pack. But the first-team defense didn't have to be on the field for Georgia the entire time. There are also some really just mystifying coverage busts in that game. Yeah. It's one of those, I'm not sure that happens. I'm not sure you get that many just, wait a second, I don't know what we're doing yeah. situations again. But both the coaches I talked to agree that Georgia's got to do some more things. And I, and it's weird because they can, but they didn't have to. And they know that yeah. the soft spot, and again, I'm using this in air quotes, the soft spot in that defense is that back, that back line. When you can get to them, you can make some plays but there's just not that many teams that can get to them. But guess what? Alabama can. So you got to prevent that. Yeah. I, I This is going to be a great game, Andy. Like, I, I, I again, storyline perspective, you know, if I'm a fan in Ohio or a fan in the West Coast, I understand if they don't want to watch this. I really do. But for the college football hardcore folks, this is going to be, I think, a master class. I don't know how it's going to play well, out. The, I'm the NFL, The NFL draft, Nick, folks, like the, the oh, yeah. NFL fans who want to see who's going to be – these are these are all Sunday dudes that are starting for both twenty five or thirty so. something like that. Like it's going to be insane the amount of draft yeah. picks playing in this game. Uh, so I get it, but it's going to be a, a fantastic game. Now, the one thing, Andy, I, I really did think coming into the playoff, two things. One, I thought Alabama exposed Georgia a little bit. I thought Michigan was going to be able to hold up physically. That was wrong. I liked the matchup a little bit with Cincinnati, mostly because uh, one, I didn't like that they had a month. A month with Nick Saban preparing for you is not great, but I really did think Alabama showed you who they were for twelve games, and then they morphed into something else for the super team against for the thirteenth game. So I'm thinking the odds are pretty good that you're going to get an average, get more of the previous Bama against Cincy. You didn't. They, they, you didn't quite 10, get Georgia, but you got a a Bama. Yeah, it was ten three Bama with two minutes to go in the first half against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. If they play that way offensively against Georgia, it's seventeen ten Georgia at halftime. Yeah, I agree. I you agree. know that that that's the thing. So I I keep coming back to the same question: Was that Alabama's best game combined with Georgia's worst game? And what happens if they both head back toward normal for them this year. Yeah. And I think that the answer is a fairly close game. I don't know who wins it, but I think the answer is a fairly close game. And, you know, the Michigan game was interesting. Same stuff I was talking about, you know, Georgia not really being able to disguise any pressures at all against Alabama. Against Michigan, they actually could because Michigan runs such tight formations that Georgia would have guys lined up in press coverage almost next to the hash mark, basically in the box. Yeah. <laughs> on the line of scrimmage. I, I forgot that. And, somebody... and, they, and they bring them sometimes and then loop somebody else back in in, in, co- in zone coverage. Yeah. And that 
confused the hell out of Cade McNamara. <laughs> I forget. Uh, somebody posted an all twenty-two view of uh, uh, Michigan oh, ransom. Kobe Dean. Yeah, Michigan ransom orbit motion and threw a swing pass, <laughs> oh, and the Kobe Dean just chased it down. He's I was like, say, guys, he ran. This is not he the ran Big Ten. From one, <laughs> one set of numbers to the oh no, you could have done it against every other team in the SEC. Yeah. There's only one to Kobe Dean. Like, yeah. you, maybe if you have a corner on somebody, they could do that. There's no other linebacker no. that could make that play. It was insane. Uh, so, you know, it's – Andy, I think my next question is, I'm not a big believer in the mojo, the voodoo aspect of it, but how, how do we explain this? Uh, Georgia was a better team than Alabama, and they they sort of shrunk into themselves. And I think, you know – I don't want to be. I don't want to overstep. I think everybody has some level of belief, but it feels like they don't really believe that they can beat Alabama until they actually do it. I, I'm wondering if there is an, an element of I mental. I don't anguish think it's here. that. I think it's. I think it's an adaptability thing. Yeah. Nick Saban's more adaptable than Kirby Smart, and they keep they keep showing us that over and over. We literally saw them only and, throw it against Georgia and then only run it against Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Kirby Smart has to learn to be as adaptable as Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And now is the best time to start. Adapt. Do something different. What, whether it's something like what I'm talking about, where you're having guys on the line of scrimmage and they drop back, you've got good linebackers. They're fast. You can you can show pressure and then back off into coverage. You're not. They're not going to beat you because you did that. Like, do something they haven't seen mm-hmm. because they're going to probably do something you haven't seen. Oh, I can bet they. And. Will. But and the thing is, you know, if you watch, like Alabama, in most games will just play teams straight up, like they don't do a lot of exotic stuff. They save that all for the best opponents. They save it all for when the, when the when the Jimmys and Joes are equal, which is like, like they two don't games worry about it when they have the the massive personnel advantage. Yeah. So that this is this is the time when Kirby and and Kirby's done this before, where he's made a decision that was a bit risky. But needed to be done. Halftime of the Rose Bowl, they're getting picked apart by Baker Mayfield because they thought, okay, we gotta we gotta drop a bunch of guys, and you know if we get any pressure, great. But we we gotta cover. We can't we can't let him just be able to have his pick of of man you know man to man coverage. Well, it turned out that killed them because all he did was sit back and wait for somebody to pop open. Mm-hmm. So at halftime, he goes to the cor- Kirby goes to the corners and he's like, "Listen, guys, you got to cover. We're going to put you on islands. We don't have a choice." And sure enough, they started stopping that offense mm-hmm. because they got they got pressure. You you've got to figure out what works against which quarterback. Some quarterbacks, if you if you give them man coverage and and give them a one on one matchup somewhere, they will find it and they will surgically target it. Within the first, you know, within half a second of catching the ball, and that's the one that you want to drop a bunch of guys against. Some guys like to float around and just wait for somebody to get open. Guess who loves to float around and wait for somebody to get open? <laughs> Bryce Young. Yes, he does. That's literally his whole thing. Uh, he's not going to take off on you unless he, well, sort of has to, I guess. But even then, uh, you don't see that a lot. We talk about at the beginning of the season, he still does it. The, he runs to pass, runs to extend the play. Uh, and he hadn't taken a lot of hits. Uh, he's taken a few, but not a lot. Uh, not very many against Cincinnati. But, yeah, I, I 
I I just can't imagine the the hurdle that Alabama feels like for Georgia right now. I, I I we talked about it going into the SC championship. It was kind of unfair earlier because Alabama had the better team. But Georgia's been the better team all season and they didn't look like it at any point in the SEC championship and I'm I'm curious. No. That you know, that's only going to grow if they don't look at it again because I still believe that Georgia is not significantly, but I think a clear step above Alabama. We've seen them play 14 games this year. Georgia's been more impressive except when they met on the field. And I I can't really explain it. Only matter, it. But, but it could it could it be a Styles make fights kind of thing that Alabama's just it could be the worst possible matchup for Georgia. It could be, but I agree. Uh, I believe Ari's been beating this drum, but I agree with him that this is the worst Alabama team in like eight years, something like that. A while, uh, and it's they're here. This, the seventeen team was not particularly great everywhere, and they had some some depth issues at certain positions because of injuries. But yeah, this is this is one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs. Here. I agree. I totally. And agree. you could you could tell based on his rhetoric most of the season that he did not think this was a dominant. I know. That seemed like a huge red flag. I think we've touched on it a little bit on the show, but the the relentless positivity from Nick Saban. Yes. Who cares if we only beat a terrible LSU team by six? We're not going to slow play a loss here. Every win counts. It's like that's not the Nick Saban that I know, but that's the Nick Saban that knows that his team is is hitting up against its ceiling. And uh, So we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, Andy. Again, I I think the casuals who tune out are going to miss out. so I like it. It's going to be a real chess match. We Here's know the these thing. teams. If the game's good, if it's if if halftime comes and it's a two point game mm-hmm. and they're just slugging it out, I think the casual folks will tune in. You're probably right. Although it's, it's one of those. Will things. they be running counter they're, with? They, uh, they're waiting. To, they're waiting to see if it's a good game because the last time they met, it wasn't a very good game. Andy, the important conversation. I think they'll be running counter to the Bachelor, though, if I'm not mistaken. So the casual Jesse Palmer against his against his other employee. <laughs> well, I guess it's all Disney property, so yeah. they're all they're, they're happy one way or one way. I will or be. I listen. I'm not a ratings guy, but I will be curious to see the ratings for this game because I don't really know what to expect. I think other than our staff, I like the Venn diagram of hardcore college football watchers <laughs> and Bachelor viewers is essentially like the eight of you on our staff who are obsessed with it. There's like, a, there's it. more college football crossover than you'd think. There's a lot of uh, yeah. there's a lot of random it's, people it's, that show the, up. The, 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 two tiny little arcs <laughs> connecting in the Venn diagram. The it last is, it, the last Bachelorette, is, by the way, mostly two circles with two tiny little arcs. The last Bachelorette, by the way, was getting buckets at uh, I believe Bradley. Uh, I think she was a MVC uh, Player of the Year, uh, and she she showed her her capabilities on the show, Andy. Uh, Listen, we, we know they love athletes. Going back to <laughs> the new host, yes. Jesse Palmer, was a bachelor. Yes. I'm not looking forward to the <laughs> Played Jesse for the Palmer Gators, played for the New York Giants. Come yeah. on. Justice for, uh, for Tasia and Caitlin. They did a good job. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Andy, there's still one more game left. Did you know that, other than the national championship? I did, the Texas Bowl, which... I saw the video of them a rodeo doing some, event. Yeah, the rodeo the other night was, uh, was very interesting. <laughs> well, apparently the team that wins the rodeo wins the game 70% of the time. So LSU, that, that, they're, they're coming in in a great spot. Although if you, if you read our Brody Miller story on, uh, on Monday, you're, you're maybe not feeling so good about LSU's chances. And I, I, wonder if, I almost wonder if Brody moved the line on this game. <laughs> Because he, he he broke down how dire LSU's personnel situation is. Andy, I'm a big believer. I've been preaching this all, all bowl season and for years. I'm a big believer in the who wants to be here more bowl corollary. Uh, the level of investment from the LSU side, Andy, uh, suspect, I'll say. <laughs> we shall well, see. I mean, the level of investment from, from the people in charge at LSU. Yes. Like, they're they're full on. What's Brian Kelly doing? Yeah, you know, who, Do I, am I going to stay here? Do I have together? a job here or not? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the the guys that are coaching, they're they're on their way out. This is it's going to be weird. Uh, Skylar Thompson apparently is going to play. And for those who watch the Big Twelve this year, basically, if Skylar Thompson plays, K State's pro- either probably going to win or has a chance against a much yes. better team. And when he doesn't play, they're probably going to lose. Yes. Uh, Simple game plan. Don't let the deuce get loose, and LSU can hang. Uh, I'm not so sure that they will be successful in that endeavor, Andy. Uh, I think a big game for Deuce Vaughn. I don't like this for LSU at all. Uh, give me the give me the uh, the Wabash Cannonball folks from the Little Apple. Uh, they will get the dub. Every here. man, every man a wildcat. Every man a wildcat, Andy. In David Ubbins' house. Not some man, every man. And uh, I will say, as much respect as I have for Kansas State. Uh, Andy, did you know that I once was accosted by Willie the Wildcat? No. Did he have his power towel? He was very mad at me. Uh, so we were, I can't remember, I was writing, I think this was at Fox, or I can't remember where I was, but I wrote about, uh, the, the Big 12 mascots, and I called Willie the Wildcat a genetic experiment gone wrong, because if you look closely, Mm. Wildcat head, grossly oversized human body, body, right? It's a problem. Yeah. They, yeah. No it's one like asks the questions. I ask the tough yeah. questions, Andy. What happened? Isle, Isle of Dr. Moreau going Exactly. Yeah. I think, quite frankly, genetic experiment gone wrong is too kind, if we're being real. Uh, so, 
I wrote this, I don't know, sometime over the summer, and I was at Big 12 Media Days, and Willie comes walking up, and he is holding a sheet of paper, and it just says, genetic experiment mm-hmm. gone wrong with question mark, and hands it to me. And I said, Willie, if you want to sit down and maybe undergo some testing, let's talk, and, and we'll see. But <laughs> so I have like, a lot of questions. Like Jake Paul and Dana White here? Yes. Like, let's, <laughs> let's test. I had a lot of did you, questions. Did you did you happen to go over to Pistol Pete or the Mountaineer, the two uh, what, Big Twelve mascots who carry firearms? Did you happen to, to go over to them and, and say, "Hey, if this gets a little out of I hand, I should have. I need you, a uh, favor from them. Yes. Can you put this one down? I try to keep my distance from Pistol Pete. The head, him and Purdue Pete need to have like some sort of uh, uh, weird ceramic head and the contest. Burger King King. Yes. Also, yeah. uh, just un un uh, unsightly. Uh, please, guys, take it down a notch. But so Kansas State wins this, but Willie, unfortunately, still uh, will be trapped, and I don't really know a lot about his origin story or if he's immortal. <laughs> I think probably he is, right? Surely <laughs> he might be immortal. <laughs> Marlon Brando's gone. We can't ask him about what kind of experiments were done on on Willie. Yeah, uh, but Andy, speaking of the who wants to be here more bowl corollary, uh, our new Mayo King Shane Beamer. Uh, kept the good vibes going. Find some joy, David. Find some joy. Yes. One of the all-time Twitter dunks, I will say, uh, on our colleague uh, Dennis Dodd. But, Andy, the juice uh, regarding the South Carolina program is off the charts right now. Uh, they close in recruiting strong. Is it mayo uh, juice? Uh, I believe there's probably some mayo mixed in there of some sort. Um Recruiting strong, you get Spencer Rattler, you add Austin Stogner, you win some games down late when in the middle of the season it was looking rough, rough, and it's not anymore. And then you find uh, DeCarian Joyner, this weapon in the bowl game, splitting time uh, with uh, our good friend, the former GA <laughs> uh, at quarterback over at South Carolina. Uh, huge game, Jaheen Bell, uh, who I assume... I just believe he's named after the 2000 R&B's legend, Jaheim, uh, Andy. I was cranking up, put that woman first, after the first touchdown pass. Wow. <laughs> Very nice. And, uh, is his middle name guy, D'Angelo? Uh, that, would be, that would be spectacular. The thing is, the, there's, there's a lot of D'Angelos out there, uh, and it's a very precise spelling. There's not a ton of Jaheims. There's some, but uh, either true. way, fantastic game from him. Andy, where was, where's Joyner been all season long? Well, they've been in this sort of quarterback – Terrible Playing carousel. receiver, I I like the the way that they used him was perfect. Uh, mainly as a runner, but a more than capable passer. That bomb to Bell on the first drive, mm-hmm. one of the better throws we've seen all bowl season. He's probably not going to do that if you make him throw fifty times a game. But the way they used him against South or against North Carolina was literally just perfect. Yeah, and I mean you can I guess you can put blame on both staffs the the new staff and the Muschamp staff for not recognizing they had a decent quarterback into carry and joiner or maybe mm-hmm. or maybe that was just you get your spring it on a moment and it works there but if if a team has a chance to prepare it doesn't work i, yeah, I don't know i just think the, the seeing how dire like, it was it's amazing to me that we didn't see any of this look really at all during the season yeah it looks like an option that you you keep hanging on to yeah well like Jason Brown was the quarterback who led them to the wins against Florida and, and Auburn. Like, why wasn't he starting earlier? Yeah, all good questions. Um, but either way, outside of our uh, national championship bound, Georgia Bulldogs and Alabama Crimson Tide, maybe Tennessee, although the, bowl, the way the bowl ended, mostly angry. 
there's not a lot of teams that have as many good vibes going into 2022 as, uh, as South Carolina. They got to be feeling pretty good about life yep. right now. Uh, yeah, and they're, rightfully they're so. the opposite of Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, Andy, uh, what do you make of, of where Auburn's at right now? Because no Bo Nix. They keep Tank Bigsby, which is massive. If you lose Tank yes, Bigsby, that was... who I – there are there's more than one SEC coach that believes that he's the best player in the SEC. If you lose Tank Bigsby, that is a big problem. Uh, they were able to keep him. But where does Auburn go from here, Andy? They better go into the portal and get a quarterback. Yeah. That's where they go. Not a they, TJ they, Finley they need believer, a quarterback. it sounds like. Well, I just – I mean, we've seen him at LSU. We've seen him in some big games at Auburn. And I just – I don't think he's what they need to get where they want to go. I mean, Auburn is a program that, that aspires to compete for SEC and national championships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they got to do better. And they got a coach who is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer, supposed to be a good quarterback developer. It's time to start doing that, you know. And, and now you had an offensive coordinator who was supposed to be that same kind of person. You fired him. Bo Nix left. So, I mean, Brian Harson needs to, to get this right quick. And, I, you know, he, while Dana Holgerson was yelling at him to hurry up to finish his press conference. Tough way to go the, out, by the way. After, Tough way to go After the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, he was saying, Brian Harson was saying, hey, there, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that's going to make this better, and uh, we're getting, getting this program right you know, from the ground up. You only get that now. That mm-hmm. only works for you once. Like, you better be a lot better next year or you're going to be gone. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. I, I think, again, you know, we were talking before the show. What, what was the final price tag? $23 million? And uh... Well, it's $73 million if you count all of Gus's – Gus and his staff and their buyouts mm-hmm. and the new contracts that they have to pay. Now, I don't think they would pay out 100% of Harson's contracts or the assistance deals mm-hmm. if they fired him after next year, but they'd still pay – probably have to pay out most of it. And so, yeah, you made a, a very big economic decision, you know, a big money decision. And this is the thing. I don't fault them for wanting something different than what they were getting from Gus. Yeah. Because I know what they want ultimately. What I where I fault them is for firing Gus without a plan. You don't make that decision when you owe that much unless the next coach is already on the hook. You've already, you know, figured out who it's gonna be mm-hmm. and they've already said, Yes, I'm gonna take the job. Well this goes back like, to what I just don't it goes back to what I wrote about, you know, during the, the heat of the coaching carousel is that when you try to make that leap from good to great, it might be the most dangerous gambit in all of college football. Because, as our data showed us, I believe it was 20 instances of teams trying to do this over the last decade, and four times they succeeded. Four times they were actively worse, I believe. Or maybe it was four times they succeeded. Eight times they were actively worse, and eight times that they pretty much got the exact same results. Right now, Auburn, if you don't get it right, they're going to make it nine of getting it worse. Uh, And so, you know. We'll see. Uh, recruiting can help. Their talent level is still relatively high. But you don't pay that kind of money to, to have the results that, that, uh, that Auburn sort of suffered through um, this season. So time will tell. Andy, big picture. I don't know if you need to hand out any awards, but what were some of your favorite uh, moments from the SEC Bowl season that are going to stand out to you? Well, I mean – 
the Shane May- the Shane Beamer Mayo bath was That's, spectacular. Yes. I feel bad that that he got bonked in the head with the bucket. Don't in need the to process. go into concussion that, protocol that for the name, in the name of mayonnaise. And I actually do agree with our colleague Max Olson, who coyly pointed out, Andy, even you can probably admit this: not enough mayo. No, plenty of mayo. <laughs> More mayo than I would have been comfortable with. No, I, I, I. <laughs> Plenty we of mayo. Can do, we can do more mayo. It needed to be a little thinner, I would say. Uh, we needed more total coverage, uh, and also no uh, hat allowed. Next uh, year, it, listen, get the he, hat out. The man said, "I'll take a mayo bath." He took a mayo bath. <laughs> Money was given to charity. Let's all move on with our lives. About ten thousand. I don't want for to no think hat, about that anymore. Ten thousand for how about uh about a thousand dollars for each additional gallon of mayo poured on top of you? How about that? I would probably go for that. I would probably <laughs> say add as many gallons as you want. Let's go. I'm going to vomit anyway, so why not just you know make as much money as you can for charity? Yeah. But, yeah, that, that was one of them. Arkansas just demolishing Penn State yeah. was, was another one. And, you know, that's, that's the Arkansas team that we saw most of the year. You know, they, they didn't do it against Georgia. They didn't really do it against Alabama. But those two teams were playing for the national title for a reason. And yeah, Sam Pittman's got it going. Yeah. And I, I think we have it, – it'll be interesting to see as they, you know, move on and, and start to get their own players because I think Sam Pittman was always a really good recruiter as an offensive line coach. My guess is that continues as a head coach. Mm-hmm. So I would think the talent on that roster is going to go up and suddenly they become a, a very dangerous opponent. They were a team you did not want to see this year because, one, you're going to be sore when you're done playing Arkansas. They were really physical all season long. Uh, And, uh, you know, we also saw some flashes from Malik Hornsby, uh, who had a nice play, uh, uh, extended a couple drives late. Uh, A nice game for him. I got to tell you, Andy, the Music City Bowl uh, didn't end the way Tennessee wanted, but that was pretty entertaining. And also... Andy, we gave Kentucky and Iowa a hard time on this show. That game was about as pretty as we thought, but extremely fun second half. Uh, it was fun, yeah, absolutely. Game. Uh, so ugly or not, uh, I enjoyed watching that game. And then, of course, you know, on the biggest stage, the SEC kind of ruined New Year's Eve, but it also flexed in the process. Uh, it's impressive. Uh, Georgia and Alabama uh, proved uh, they were the two best teams in the country, with, with no as, doubts. As one of... The SEC's uh, higher-ups said to me in 2017, after Alabama beat Clemson to set up an Alabama-Georgia national title game, <laughs> this person goes, it's the dream scenario. Two of our teams and none of our officials. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Every every league hates their officials, Andy. Uh, I think Tennessee fans uh, are feeling your pain right now. A quick whistle, no doubt. I felt bad. I felt bad for Tennessee, who had the second worst break of bowl season. But I got to tell you, when I saw Matt Corral in pain on the turf, my stomach dropped. That I did sucked. not want to see that yeah. uh, because that looked like a really bad scenario. It's good that his x-rays were negative because, you know, in the moment you never want to speculate on injuries, but just watching it, that looked like a fractured ankle to me. Um, and I was yeah, glad that that's what you were worried right. about because he got he got pinned under some people. Yes, I think so. I think he, he got probably three hundred pounds one direction on his and, ankle. and it stayed in one place. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I'm glad he's gonna be okay. The Tennessee thing was, I mean, it's a bad call. That's a touchdown. Sorry, yeah. 
<laughs> I will hear I just no don't, arguments. I don't understand how. To the contrary, that like, was a touchdown. If you want to go buy the book, okay, maybe that's forward progress. But how many times have we seen forward progress? He was stopped. Okay, for like if you thought forward second, progress was maybe. stopped, if if you're the official nearest the play and you thought forward progress was stopped, why are you not running in with exactly. your hand up? That and is what you're supposed your to do before he think, reaches across. Yeah. It, I just felt bad for him because it's like it's one of those things too where it's not like if he scores they definitely win. You know, he scores, you extend it. They probably lose because he doesn't score there. But he did score, and I feel bad for Tennessee fans who, uh, Andy, as you probably recall on the show, have had a assorted relationship with officiating this season. <laughs> and um, a little bit, yeah, just yeah. a touch. And um, it's a bad way to go out. I feel bad for him because guys work so hard. You don't want officials to decide a game or have an acute influence on the game like that. Um, you know, and for progress, I guess you know, not renewable or not reviewable. Uh, there's that sleep coming in, right. Andy, I think. Um, renewable energy and, and officials are uh, always important. <laughs> reviewable energy and renewable and, and reviewable resources. Yes. So, and renewable calls. Exactly. So I just felt bad because, again, if that's not a quarterback and it's a play, it's one thing if it's third and six and he's four yards short of the sticks. But on a play that literally decides the game at the goal line with a running back still churning his legs – I just don't know how you can call that. I just felt bad for the yeah. kids because, you, again, you work so hard. It's just not fair when the officials have that acute an influence on the outcome. Um, it's just unfortunate. So, sorry, Tennessee, that your trip to Tennessee was not better. Did not end the way that you would have liked. Uh, they did get screwed by the officials there. Unfortunate. Well, Andy, it's been a good show. Thank you guys for listening. Again, for Andy Staples, my co-host, I am David Ubbin. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you again very, very soon. If you are not already subscribed to the Andy Staples and Friends show feed, you should do that. You can give uh, all our shows, Power Hour, One True Pod, uh, Andy, a lot of great shows. Stars Matter. Stars Matter, which I believe should just be the title of the national championship game. It's the Stars (laughs) Matter Bowl. Georgia versus Alabama. Colon, Stars Matter. Uh, I'd love for them to do that because then maybe we could file some sort of a, a copyright infringement, um, add to the budget of the show. That that would sound great, right? Uh, anyway, thank you guys. If you're not already subscribed to the feed, do that. You can have this show and all of our shows delivered directly to your feed. Andy and Ari, uh, always in some sort of hijinks. That's always a fun show. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you again very soon. Mm-hmm.